Welcome to the Christian Theological Dark Web. I'm your host, Ricky Lee, alongside Shelley Aleman. Today we are talking about our new series titled The Quiet Rebellion. Today's episode is called The Middle Voice. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the Christian Theological Dark Web. I would technically say probably our first real episode. Last episode was just kind of an intro about who we are, what we do, or what we want to do, what we think, what our opinions are, and where this podcast has the intention of going. Um, I would say that, I would like to say that this this first episode is called The Middle Voice, and it is based on a book by Mr. Tyler Staten. have it right here in front of me. I highly recommend it. Um, we, Shell and I did the audiobook. I'd like to say hello. This is my, my co-host. Hi, Shell. Say hi. Good morning, everybody. Good Happy morning. today, whatever today is for you. It's Saturday for us. Um, in theory, I'm dropping this episode at the end of the month, so whatever day the 31st falls on. I'm not sure where that is. Um <laughs> Welcome, guys. Uh, This is part of our series called The Silent Rebellion. Uh, The reason it's titled The Silent Rebellion is because we are talking about prayer. And we're not talking about prayer in the superficial sense. Prayer is a deep vehicle to speak to God, to move the heavens, to be moved by the heavens, um, all that good stuff, and to shoo cats from the line of view. Shoe cats from the line of you. Sorry, I have my weapon of choice (laughs) to keep them away. (laughs) I won't be playing so many soundboard stuff on on the next one. Don't worry, guys. I'm just having fun with it because we're kind of new. (laughs) Because it's new. That's right, yeah. It's like a shiny, shiny toy I have to touch. Um, Guys, this is a a really great book. um, And I'm really, I'm kind of giving the intro because Shell is going to take the reins here in a second and really... She's the one that kind of researched this one, really wanted to talk about it. We picked three topics from this particular book, which I highly, highly, highly recommend you buy. Um, Absolutely worth every cent. Every single penny. If you are uh, going to listen to this podcast, you definitely should pick up a copy of this. It's a pretty brand new book, right? She came came out in October of last year, I think you said? October. Right, right. It's super new. 2022. 2022. Circa 2023. Not quite. Um, But uh, it's available on audiobook, which is how we first listened to it um, and got in contact with it. I uh, finally got a hold of a copy, a physical copy, to kind of go through and, and, uh, you know, think through the ideas that's, that's there. But you should definitely look for it. Uh, it's Tyler Statton's book, and it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, again, we're talking about the middle voice today and what that means. I guess at this point, Shell, it's all you. Take it away. I'll just uh, drop some comments here and there, but it's all up to you, buddy. Sounds excellent. Transition time. So, <laughs> ha, oh man, he found all the buttons. That's right. <laughs> I did indeed. I've talked to so many people recently, probably the last year, asking, hey, do you feel like your prayer game is is good? Do you feel like it's where it should be, like, like you're a boss at prayer? 
And it's funny, the people who are like, yeah, absolutely know what I'm doing. I'm like, you don't pray. <laughs> you, you might bless your food. You might God get me out of this type thing, but you don't pray because when you pray, when you have a heart of, of really communicating with God, I don't think you're ever satisfied with your, your prayers. I know I'm not, I know the disciples weren't these, these were friends of Jesus who, who came to him and said, Hey, teach us how to pray. And, um, that got me thinking because I, man, I hear this and it makes me literally mad. I will, I will talk back to podcasts or TV or even my own pastor. If, um, he says something like this, oh, the disciples were just ignorant fishermen. Nabra, they weren't. They were not ignorant fishermen. They were fishermen and tax collectors and blah, blah, blah. What, you know, their various uh, um, employments, but they were educated. They knew how to pray this simple prayer. I don't know how many of you know this prayer. If you do, give us a thumbs up. Um, Shema Israel Adonai, Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Barach Shem Kovod Malchuto Laolam Vaed. We might be able to quote it in English for, you know, those of us who grew up in the church. <laughs> Here is Rael. Adonai our God, Adonai is one. And you are to love Adonai your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your resources. That's Deuteronomy 6, 4, and 5. Um, I chose the complete Jewish version to give you, the CJB, um, because it's it's a little bit different than the one I would quote off my head, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Mm -hmm. um, I particularly like these... that it, it references your resources. I think that's really good. Good. So... <laughs> I, I liked it too. No, I liked it better than strength because strength, you know, you think strength. And when I saw resources, I was like, oh, that's so much better. Everything that God gives us, we have the opportunity to love him with, which is why, isn't that why we have it? Mm -hmm. But that is also a topic for another time. <laughs> Sorry. Just, so, just want to throw that out <laughs> My, I know I, it really caught me too. So I'm right there with you. Um, the Shema is is a prayer that jews pray twice a day those those simple ignorant fishermen <laughs> they prayed this twice a day along with a dozen other prayers um i'd already told ricky like i asked googles because you know it's 2023 you have a question you ask google um you know how many times is is prayer referenced in the bible and I got crummy answers. I did not get anything very good. You know what? Let's let's do this. Hey Siri. Oh yeah, I don't do Apple. Oh, <laughs> how about? <laughs> hey Alexa, how many times? <laughs> how many times does the Bible reference prayer? Prayer seems to be referenced over 
Okay, I know you guys probably didn't hear her. Just barely. But she said, in in general, prayer seems to be referenced over 600 times in the Bible, depending on your version. Hmm. So um, hmm. that's about what Google had, had given me to, three to 600 times. Um, if somebody wants to write us in with an answer and, and give us a, an exact based on their version, please do. Uh, I'm interested to yep. know. Yeah, that's cool. But because I wasn't satisfied with that answer, I started looking at, well, how many prayers are there in Jewish life? Turns out I quit counting. Um, like I said, the Shema is done at least twice a day. They have prayers for everything. Like there are prayers for everything. And a Jew, like like um, most Christians, will pray to bless food before they eat it. But if they forget to bless a food, so long as there's still some left, they can bless it then before they've taken the last bite. Mm -hmm. And when you bless your food, you don't like get up from the table and go do something. You start eating it right away. But there's a certain prayer if you eat cake. There's a different prayer if you eat nuts. Um, there's different, there, there's a specific prayer for like cashews, like cashews, uh, mm. prayers specifically for the, the foods that God blesses Israel with, like the pomegranate olives. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was super impressed. There's, there's a prayer that you do when you wash your hands in the morning. Um, there's prayers you do in the afternoon because, uh, if, if you go back to, to that Deuteronomy, um, six, four and five, the, the Shema that, that I, um, quoted and you go on, God says, take, take my words and talk to them about your children. When y'all are playing Xbox, when you are cleaning the backyard, when you're driving somewhere, when you're just chilling at home. I mean, this is obviously my paraphrase. Um, take them, bind them on your arm, bind them on your arm, bind them around your head, write them on the doorposts of your house. Mm -hmm. And, and, and maybe you, you know, you feel led to do that literally. Um, but even if you do it figuratively, it means make God's word central, central to your life. And that's where those ignorant fishermen lived they lived there they lived in the let's talk about it when we're walking down the street when we're hauling in our nets when mm -hmm. we're tucking our kids in when we're getting them up they were not ignorant to it, prayer it yeah exactly what you're saying uh i i you know in particular shall i was looking at um the part where it says uh you, you had referenced here in your notes and, and i thought it was really interesting because i went I made sure to go over the, the references and stuff so I kind of understood where you're coming from. And uh, it, it's a good question, right? Why, why, were, why were the disciples um, asking Jesus, teach us how to pray, or telling him, please teach us how to pray, when they were seasoned veterans in this kind of thing, right? Like, uh, we'll, we'll see in the Absolutely. next episode that, that prayer rhythm was a very common thing in, in the morning at nine, you were at temple praying, midday you were praying, and in the afternoon you were praying. There were set times for prayer all the time. Sounds actually, surprisingly, or maybe not so much surprisingly, uh, very similar to the Muslim world, right? There's a very set time for prayer, and there's a very set way to do prayer, right? Um, 
And again, we'll get more into that in the future, but I really wanted to touch on what, what the Bible says about it in Luke. I think Luke is my favorite gospel at the moment. One day, <laughs> it, 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 mine too right now. It's just a treasure it's trove this, this month. <laughs> crazy stuff. Good, good book. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples to pray. Now, we can leave out the John part or whatever but what i find fascinating is that they were waiting for jesus to finish praying that is very interesting to me um you know when when you have a master or or, um a rabbi right uh or a teacher of some sort of course you wait till they're done doing stuff but but you only do that if you're really really interested in what they have to say and learning from them not just anybody would sit around and wait for the master to be done doing the thing that you want to ask about, right? And I think that, in my opinion, this is just me, right? I'm, it's conjecture, but I kind of think that, that the disciples were enamored with the way that Jesus prayed. They were, they were awestruck by it, surprised by it, and inspired by it. And so I think that probably plays largely into the reason that they asked Jesus to teach them to pray. Um, not just because John did it with his disciples. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I think that, to me, I think that's a tagline, right? Like, a lot of times when we ask for something, we want to give a qualifier for it, right? And so that, to me, seems like more like a qualifier than an actual request. The actual request, in my mind, right, is that Jesus says, hey, or that the disciples say, hey, Jesus you know, teach us to pray. Of, of course, you know, just like John does, because, you know, that's the, that's the thing that rabbis do. They teach their, their disciples to pray. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's funny then, because the implication is that they weren't yet sure enough of him to realize that <laughs> that's what he couldn't wait to do. Hmm. Man, people. We're funny. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's such good stuff. You know what, Shaw? I was, um, I was also thinking, that I forgot to mention at the beginning, but I should give you guys a, an important disclaimer about this. Um, right now, we're talking about prayer, and that's intentional. Um, I want to I try and make everybody that's listening to us kind of aware, uh, acutely aware of the, ne- the necessity for prayer. The reason that I'm doing that is because the information that we will be covering going forward will not serve you well unless you are praying. It may, in fact, Absolutely. be the opposite, a hindrance or a problem for you. So I want to, I really do want to throw that, and I really mean that seriously. I mean that disclaimer seriously, that that the topics that we're going to talk about are going to get even heavier. Um, so, I mean, this is, this is, now I wouldn't say it's light. Prayer is not a light thing, and you'll see that it's not light. But if you're not praying you're not going to understand what God is doing through the filter that he wants to. Um, and, and that's fine. If you're not a believer, you're welcome right. to sit and listen. Like, I think you'll find this uh, intriguing uh, regardless. But if you're a believer and you're not praying and thinking about these things, like, man, I, I, you're doing yourself, uh, to be, to be uh, uh, diplomatic, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because prayer is a relational discovery. It is not a thing. It is not a formula to be figured out. Right. Well, that's, you're still in my thunder there, Ricky. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but it's I okay. I'll, I'll take some years later. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you will. Take you will. You it's, it's all right. It's give and take. I'm just excited about this um, topic. 
No, you're right. And you're right to say that because I know that, that our bait is that we're going to talk about weird things and, mm-hmm. and we are, but we will talk about any, anything that you bring to us, which is why prayer mm-hmm. is vital because mm-hmm. I have good opinions and I think Ricky has good opinions. We talk about our opinions all the time with each other. We've got good opinions, mm-hmm. but it's, it's an opinion mm-hmm. and God's God's the only one who has absolute truth and the rightest answers and you get those in his word and in prayer man you seek him out and you cannot seek him out without praying Mm -hmm. um you can go to his word but even going going to the word is a form of prayer because you go to it with with the unspoken or spoken intention teach me something let me learn something of you as as i um get into this so very very good when we talk about behemoths and nephilim you oh you can go down the craziest the craziest rabbit trails if you don't have some foundation mm-hmm. some grounding and thank you this this is foundational yeah, yeah this is foundational it's also, because it's also we don't want essential right Absolutely. We don't want to be those wackadoodles that are out there. There's some crazies. There are some really great uh, resources and we will name drop all of them as, as we um, have the opportunity to, because there, there are some people with, with godly wisdom about subjects. And there are some people, again, uh, wackadoodle will be my term. That might need to go on a t-shirt at some time, Ricky. Mm. Whack a doodle. That's a good um, <laughs> But uh, to get back on topic, we we kind of have, I think, established that those, those disciples, fishermen, though they were, were not ignorant. They weren't ignorant of praying. And um, I want to go on to to piggyback with ricky's question of what is prayer then because rick said it's not an equation i remember thinking it was an equation mm-hmm. i remember when my first husband i you know what i guess i'll just drop some personal information here i've been married uh three times my first husband um is the father of my oldest son and when my son was about a year old we found out he had hiv now I didn't get it. My son didn't get it. Um, but his dad had it and it ended up taking his life, but we were Christians and we went, um, this, this is also back in, um, 1989. So I'll give you some reference. HIV and AIDS was still new to the scene. People didn't know what it was. We knew that it was killing, um, very select portions of the population. So this, this white guy I was married to, who's a heterosexual should not have had it, but he did, um, you know, by, by all of the wisdom of the time, which was not a whole lot. Anyhow, it, there was a lot of stigma. Um, I did what I always do with the challenge, you know, after I go "Ah!" for a little bit, I get educated and that's exactly what we did. We became certified with the Red Cross to teach people because we didn't want this, um, this life that we were living to, 
touch other people. I don't want anybody to get that stupid disease. Uh, um, it robs you of dignity. And it's especially did back then. Um, anyhow, we, we were active, we were proactive. Um, you can find stuff on YouTube. I guess you don't know that, Rick. You can find stuff on YouTube. You might even be able to find an old PBS uh, uh, interview we did back in, I don't know, 1992 about Scott having HIV oh, and wow. what it was like for us with, with a little child to wow. deal with it and, and, and his imminent demise. But we went to a lot of churches and in, in um, finding a place where we fit, where there wasn't the judgment, which there, there's a lot of judgment. And so I have a heart for people who feel judged because it stinks to feel like everybody is looking at you and whispering behind their hands. Um, but we would go for prayer, like faithfully we prayed, um, I, I have been raised to pray. I, I have done stints at three o'clock in the morning um, when when my church was doing 24 hour prayer for things, you know, we'd get I'd get up with my mom and we'd go to pray and then we would clean the, the church because that's how we paid for my school because <laughs> I went to the school at the church. Um, but I, I know how to run to God when I have something going on in my life and we would go and uh, we moved to a different state to try to start afresh mm. because you do that when you yeah. you you're trying to survive something that's harsh that has a lot of condemnation with it yeah. and we went to a church and we would go up for prayer and and when he wasn't getting healed it was it was um because we didn't have the right kind of faith because we some there was some sort of sin in our life something was going on it wasn't because it was god's will that we endure this trial it wasn't part of god's plan that he would do something through and i don't know what maybe he's doing something today through it hmm. it was not it, it was, it wasn't that we live in a fallen world where sin has dominion and crappy things happen a lot. None of those were the reason. It was only because we didn't know the formula, the equation to pray right. And that's how we felt. And that was heavy. It, it, it hurt, it hurt him. It hurt me. Um, it, it's not. It's not an uncommon belief, though, about prayer, that prayer is an equation. If you plug in A and B and C, you're going to get the answer. Yeah. You will get X and you will get Y. Um, but it took me a long, long time as a Christian to understand that, that, that prayer is not an equation. Um, is prayer a command? It's 100% a command. It's it, We are told pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints um we are admonished again and again and again pray um uh, with with prayer and thanksgiving make your requests known before god um it, 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 those are just the two that that i can think of of pauline um 
admonishments to pray. Mm -hmm. We're always supposed to pray. So yeah, it's a command, but it's so much more than that. Is it a place that we can go and whine? I think so. You know, I can whine to you about my situation and, and you know what? I can get you to commiserate with me. So I got some attention, but not much else. Or maybe, maybe you'll have some solutions for me and some good advice. Or I can whine, uh, what is it? Vertically, right? Vertically. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go to God and I can say, you know what? I don't like these things. Moses did it. You took us out of Israel or out of Egypt and you brought us right here. Now we're between the literal rock and the water, the hard place. And I look like an idiot, Lord. Did you bring us here to die? What are we going to do? And then God answered. But it, Moses didn't whine to Aaron. Aaron whined to Moses about it. What did, why did you bring us here? But Moses went and he whined vertically mm-hmm. and he said, you know, what, what am I supposed to do now? This <laughs> Your idea, you better do something. Yeah, it's your thing. Yeah. You have something to say? Say it. No, yeah, I was <laughs> just thinking about uh, Oh. Uh, the fact that, you know, that it's an, it's an, <clears throat> it's an interplay, right? Which is what, what we're really talking about. Like, Aaron is like, okay, uh, this is the situation. So what's going on here, right? What's going on here often sounds like... Um, a demand, but I don't think that that's the case. I think that Aaron was really like, what do I do? Um, which implies a relational situation and you are dealing with a relational being, right? For, for infinitely more intelligent, uh, patient, loving, all of the above, right? All of the, the human qualities that we have. God Powerful. Is infinitely more than all of those that we have, right? Obviously, but he is still a relational being, which is a very curious aspect of God and does not make prayer straightforward. For a God. Yeah. Right. For a God. He is the only, he is the only deity that says, come, let us reason together. Hmm. You know, uh, I, I have never seen that opportunity you know, um, boasted of by those who, who pray to Juno or to Zeus, you know, I don't think he ever said, God, yeah, come on, let's, let's, let's. Godhood almost brought with it a, uh, a pompousness, right? I mean, that's like by definition being God, most people, when they think of being deified or godlike, there's, there's pomp to that. There's, you know, I am be- I'm better than everyone else. I'm higher than everyone else. It's, uh, it's a sort of, uh, it's what a I cast, said. It's a caste system in as a thought experiment, right? Uh, mm-hmm. For us as humans, when we try to exalt ourselves as gods. So, yeah, it's a uh, definitely not the norm. I would say it is not. And I mean, if you're going to go and whinge, whinge to the one who can really do something about it. And um, in first voice, these are the things that we we bring to God. And there's nothing wrong with praying in first voice. There's nothing wrong with with bringing in your complaints to God. He's the best place to go. He he can get it fixed way better than customer just, care ever could. Just as a, a super hopping in there, uh, first voice. When when Shell says first voice, she means active voice, which is us actively expressing ourselves to God about our needs, our desires, our thoughts, uh, what we want, what we would like to see. Um, so active and first voice are the same thing. I just wanted to throw that out there. 
perfect. No, that's great. I'm glad you did. Um, so yeah, first voice, first voice is the active voice and, and, um, God didn't have a problem with it. Jesus tells his disciples, mm -hmm. um, in, is that in Luke, Rick, that Ooh. where I'm, I think you had quoted it. Oh, no, 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 that's not the one the uh, no it, it probably is in luke as well the the um here, i'll find it real quick you're, the you're widow talking woman. about the, the woman right yeah okay. yep yep so um jesus tells his his followers a parable about a woman who is a widow which means she has no power she doesn't have any men folk to um to plead her case before um, the courts, she doesn't have any, any men folk to go and, um, you know, it's, break uh, somebody's kneecaps. Luke 18, one through eight. Perfect. Luke 18. Thank you. Um, she, she has, she has nobody to plead her case. So she goes before this judge yeah. and he's, he is very, uh, full of pride. He's pompous dude. And he's a lazy dude. That's that's how Jesus describes him. Um, he doesn't. He's not afraid of God. He's not afraid of people. Um, but this woman keeps coming to him and saying, "Give me justice towards this man who is trying to ruin me. Give me justice." So her her man. There's so much to unpack there. <laughs> um, that man has a, a place of standing in the court. She mm -hmm. has none. She mm -hmm. has none. And the disciples are understanding where, where Jesus is coming from as he's, he's, um, telling this tale. So this woman, she has nothing. She has no standing. She goes to the judge and says, give me justice. And he's mm -hmm. like, get out of here. Get out and of here. And she comes back, give me justice. Get out of here. And she comes back and she comes back. And the Bible tells us because she's such a nudnik. Isn't that a great word? A nudnik, N-U-D-N-I-K. Sounds like a choke. Um, he says, <laughs> it means she's a nag. Mm. She's such a nag that he says to himself, man, I don't care about what God says. I don't care what the community says, but this woman won't leave me alone. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give her justice just to shut her up. Yeah. And Jesus tells shut his up. disciples this so that they don't grow weary and doing good and, and, and so that they don't get discouraged that's exactly right because no, i no, know no. i know this is close to you you know what i was that what i was about to say don't you um here let me look it up real quick luke i'm gonna read it to you guys directly because to me the first time i heard this i was just like man wow because you know as as believers as christians we get tired of praying for things uh you will see coming up in the episode after the next one in an episode and a half from here no two episodes from here uh we're going to be talking about um part of the uh the silent rebellion series is pain difficulty frustration in prayer yeah. and and viewed uh, I, I like the way that shelly suggested we do it through the through viewed through the uh, the lens of eternity and one day when I was reading the word and I was praying and I was frustrated, uh, I'm not going to lie, you know, uh, you will see, we're going to talk about it in a second, but, but prayer is an ebb and flow. 
You're, you're not always in the mood to pray. Oh, yeah. You don't always feel like praying. In fact, honestly, there are times when I'm like, I don't want to talk to you about this stuff. I really don't. Um, just an honest disclaimer, right? Um, but verse 18, uh, sorry, chapter 18 of Luke verse 1 says, Then Jesus, check this out. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And to me, the not give up part was what just floored me. I was just like, oh, Jesus knew that I was going to want to give up. He knew it. That's that's Absolutely. powerful. That speaks so much to the human condition. Like God is, mm-hmm. God, it, you know, it, one thing is to to talk about the human condition as a as kind of an ethereal, lofty idea, right? That we have these problems, we have these issues. But when someone speaks to your actual condition and talks about it and says, I know you want to give up. I know you're going to want to do it. Keep praying anyway. Keep praying anyway. Storm the gates of heaven anyway. And that's, that's in essence, the active voice, right? That is, that is the active voice. Um, and it's, it's such a good thing. Uh, I know that, that, that there are so many examples I could give of the active voice and of us having it. Um, uh, we'll talk just a tiny bit on Moses and his active voice. Mm-hmm. Um, not, he wasn't, he wasn't badgering god for something to be done um which apparently he wasn't wasn't like this woman coming apparently is also okay right (laughs) which is kind of funny that's that's what that woman did she badgered and that's what jesus said hey be like this chick and do this yeah she was a nudnik go badger god yeah don't give up don't give up um but for here for moses um I will give you references, and then I'm not going to tell you which ones from which. If you care, you can go and get them yourself. It's going to all be listed uh, at the end in our actual podcast notes. You can oh, check anything you, you want. Absolutely. So Exodus 32, Numbers 14, and Numbers 21. Those are all chapters. Um, Moses, man, the people he dealt with are, are exactly like us. Man, we are exactly like the children of Israel in the desert. It's it. We're so dumb that we think we're not. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, I never would have done. I would have been happy eating manna. I never would have said I should go back to Egypt. Of course, we all would have. We would have been like, dude, I want onions. Let's go back. I like onions. I totally. I get it. I get where they're coming from. But they were jerks, too. They were a bunch of whiny babies. And um, yet God does all these amazing things throughout in the desert, wandering a desert that would have taken, I don't know, a few months to cross. And it takes them 40 Jesus. years because, ah, but um, they get angry and they start talking crap. Sorry, guys. A little bit of salty language there. You, you, you will hear that word. Crap. Uh, sorry, Miss Bertha. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, guys. Um, and, and God gets ticked and he's like, you know what, Moisha, buddy, move aside. I've had it with them. I am going to, sorry guys, cats. I am going to bless you and make a nation out of just you. Forget yeah. it. We're starting over. I, I, I'm, 
all of them. Here comes that lightning rod, right? I think Jesus, and I think, I think Moses... God spoke in Yiddish when he said, Moisha, hey, Moisha. <laughs> <laughs> Get those nudniks. <laughs> Get the nudniks out of the way, Moisha. But he, he wants to destroy him. And you know what? I think God's all knowledgeable. I think he knew what was going to happen. And I think that's why we have these references. He knew that Moses had already had a heart for these people, even though they were so tiresome. And um, Moses says, you know what? Repent of that, Lord. Do not, do not take them. Don't, don't kill them. Let's give them another chance. And God does it. He relents. And then again, you know, there's the, the it, he goes, he goes up to, to give his law and him and Moses are, you know, they're having a good time. Starbucks is involved and, and paninis, I think. And, you know, and so God's like laying it down. He's like, here, hun, I'm going to write this out for you. You actually get to touch the divine. <laughs> And and he goes, Moses goes back down, and what are the children of Israel doing? You know, they're dancing naked, having an orgy around uh, around a golden calf. You know, and at uh, that time, that. both Moses and God are mad. Oof, you know, I would never do something like that. Not it's, me. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, just like everybody that says, uh, "Oh, um, I, I would have never followed anything the Nazis did back in my day." Yeah. Uh, Okay, right. sure. When the pressure was applied, let's see what you wouldn't wouldn't do. I I wouldn't say crucify. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't have denied either. I yeah. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I really probably would have. Um and I'd like to think that I would stand against the Nazis. I stand against a lot of things, yeah. but I I know who I am too and I know that that I have to pray, Lord, don't let me be one that shrinks back because I want to shrink back. Yeah. You know what, Shell? I, that's, that's I so want to be found that. faithful. Yeah. That's so good that you say that because uh, I think that uh, I'm not going to steal your part because I, I know you want to talk about it um, with Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Teresa. But uh, prayer changes us. And that's that's why I'm telling you guys it's so important for us to be in prayer because prayer modifies us. Um, and I mean that in a literal physical and spiritual and emotional and every sense prayer is a modification tool for us. Um, we are, and wouldn't you like to see a neurological study on that? There, there is, there are some, um, and they are quite fascinating. We'll have to get into that, uh, at a particular day. Oh man, your, the brain change. Ooh. I don't remember what it was. Don't. Everybody's going to watch this and they'll be like, Ricky said that this crazy thing. Don't you dare try and take this out of context. (laughs) I'm going to do what Tim Pool does. Yes, I watch Tim Pool. I'm going to do what Tim Pool does. And I'm going to like insert random words so you can't make a clip out of it. But there was (laughs) there was there was a reference when I was listening to a sermon by Ravi Zacharias that said, and this was by Ravi Mm -hmm. Zacharias that said that. DNA itself, and I don't remember the exact way, DNA itself, this was in the thing, uh, is modified or can be modified. This is what was said, as far as I remember it, that DNA itself is modified when we um, accept Christ. This was, it. This was in the 
this is not me making this up that I don't remember. I know what you're talking about. I remember that, that you become of a different bloodline. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Don't quote me. Don't be like, Oh, Ricky said some crazy thing. No, I didn't. I heard this. I, I, I have no, and I'm not claiming to verify it. I just, you know, I, it's an interesting subject to look into. Absolute DNA. I'm going to make that my own clip now and just be like, Hey, look what I said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. And mother Teresa was very right with that statement. Absolutely. Spending time with God does change us. Uh, intimacy leads to action. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what she, she had said something to that effect when they were yeah. uh, giving her her second uh, Pulitzer Peace Prize. <laughs> and she was like, man, it's not me. It's, yeah. it's, I spend time with God and he changes me. He shows me um, places yep. where he wants my hands, where he wants, where he wants me to be moving for him and um man i respect the heck out of that because Int- intimacy, uh, it's so true that it, just what you're saying intimacy leads to fruitful uh, i'm reading from the book intimacy leads uh, cool. to fruitfulness not to not the other way around uh where does it say it here those who prioritize a loving relationship with god meeting with him in prayer through stolen moments throughout the day long stretches of disciplined contemplation and fiery pleas of intercession are those with whom he shares his divine power. It's a good quote. It's mm. a good quote. I, didn't I want that. that divine power. Yes. Yep. yes. That's a very good quote. Wow. That's very good. Um, and that's, you know what? That's what motivated Moses. Mm-hmm. He spent so much time in the tent of meeting. That's, that's what motivated um uh, Joshua as well, because yeah. the the word tells us a lot of times that that they would go into the tent of meeting, the cloud of God's presence, his Shekinah would come down, and everybody else would beat feet away, man, and Moses would stay. But the word tells us that Joshua, the son of Nun, also would remain in the tent of meeting, and. Um, and look who the next ruler was. It wasn't one of Moses's sons. It wasn't one of Aaron's sons. It was Joshua, this faithful dude who remained in God's presence, even though it was uncomfortable. That's Very why everybody ran. That's why they got away. They would tell him, please tell God to go elsewhere. We can't with him anymore. No more of these rumblings. No more of this, this tightness in our, in our beings. Could you go and go and talk to him somewhere else? Maybe that mountain over there or something, but that's not how Joshua was. And, and man, it's true. Their, their perspective was changed when Joshua and Caleb went into that land and, and they saw the Nephilim, they saw the giants and, and their, their 10 compatriots were like, there are giants in the land. We look like grasshoppers in comparison to them. Mm-hmm. And then um, the focus of Jacob and of Caleb was, yeah, we can take them. And you know what? The grapes are the size of your head. One grape. And their their um, perspective was changed, which prayer often does to me. Dude, I'll have somebody and, oh, they're so difficult. We call them sandpaper people in my, my group of friends. Um <laughs> And, and I'll, I'll go before God, Lord, this 
this sandpaper person, mm, 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 you know what? Show them how much you love them, how high and how wide and how deep and how long your love is for them. Show them how much you love them. Show them. Because that'll change them, man. And you know what? And I do go, I am that mad. Mm, Them. Change them with your love, Jesus. And then what does he do? He changes me. Mm. My perspective changes. I get compassion where I didn't have it. You you know what is interesting, Shell, is is that that, uh, that what you're actually mentioning um, with your permission I will actually use this to transition to our next point, but uh, it, I really, I didn't mean for it to be that way. It really just kind of gave its... No, go, go, go. To it, is that we pray those prayers, right? And they're half-hearted because we don't want to deal with stuff. Um, and that actually is something called the passive voice, uh, which is the, the, I guess they call it the third voice. Yeah, we're calling it the third voice. More con- More because it's consecutive and sort of like where the interaction happens, but... The passive voice right, refers right, to, right. and just as a general, I'm going to let Shell run with this one too, uh, it refers to taking a back seat, quite literally, a passive, right? If you allow everybody else to get ahead of you, get around you, then you are taking the passive uh, frame of, of reference, of action, uh, or of unaction or disaction, inaction, right? Um, so inaction. That, inaction. I in action. None of the prefixes I used. Well done. And uh, <laughs> I like to Who's use the linguist. All. Yes, go <laughs> linguist. I, we describe language. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not prescriptivists about language. So uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly, that's the case. Uh, yeah. So we're we're talking that can that's what the passive voice would be. Do, do you want to comment a little bit on that? Do you want me to kind of you tell me? Passive voice. You know what? I I don't have a lot to say about the passive voice. Um, okay. Don't do it. I think it's wimpy. It's unbelieving. You're just going through the motions. So to me, you're kind of wasting your time. Yeah. The only, the only uh, thing I do have a caveat about it. So take it away. And if you don't get to that caveat towards the end, then I will about it. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to spend a whole lot of time on this, but I, I, we, Shell and I were talking just before this uh, podcast at length as we do because we're talkers, right? And uh, we were talking about how the active voice tends to be, um, I call it something like juvenile uh, or callow because it's, it's an initial response, right? And a lot of times as believers, when we don't know how to pray, right, we're still learning how to pray. And we're always learning how to pray. But I mean, when we're in our kind of our fundamental stages right. of learning how to pray, we want, 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 ask, 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 ask. And that's not wrong. That's not wrong. Jesus shows us that's not wrong, right? There's there's backing for it. We've talked about it. But, but, and this is the caveat, right? We're not to abuse that ability. So that's kind of the introduction uh, to to prayer for most of us, right? We're like, oh, I, you know, this is the problem and I need that. And and I still I still struggle with that. I'm not going to pretend like it's, you know, I'm, I'm absent or above that. But the opposite is something that happens a lot of times when the opposing thing happens, like Jesus was talking about. He he tells his disciples about that parable, right? So that they won't get weary in praying, in prayer, and in asking, in petitioning, right? The, uh, the other thing is what happens after you do that? You become passive. You start doing prayers that are not heartfelt, that are not sincere, that are not, that are not bold, that are not anything, right? 
the the passive voice is the complete opposite whereas the 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 active voice is volitional right the passive voice is the removing of the volition we have no passion in our prayers we don't expect god to do anything they no are activity yeah and and i was talking to shell I, I always get my concepts messed up because i'm i'm lord willing in the near future actually going to go to seminary or take seminary at some point i would really like to and um I was asking, I was like, isn't that like the absence or the removal of self uh, responsibility or, or, or impact, both of those? Isn't that Calvinism? And Shell was like, yeah, it is Calvinism. So to me, the passive voice is a, is a, a, a more layman's term or a lo- layman's way of saying Calvinism. Um, and, and I wrote this out and I'm going to read it um, because I, I, I was thinking about what, how do we, how do we put skin on this skin and bones here? Right? Like how? Show me an example. Well, for me, an example is procrastinating out of practicality or any other slew of excuses <laughs> is neither a place of peace nor a demonstration of faith in God. I'm going to read that again. Procrastination or procrastinating out of practicality or for any other slew of excuses is neither a place of peace nor a demonstration of faith in God. So that means, what am I saying with that? Basically, making excuses and calling that peace and being like, oh, everything's okay, God is good, I'm it. No, that is not what God calls us to. God calls us to confront things. Now, I understand we can't always confront things, right? There, there's there's a, a period sometimes where we need to, where we're reeling, like Shaw was talking about when they got the news about... Uh, about her husband having AIDS and how to deal with it and how to confront it. Shell needed a, a hot minute, I'm sure, to to process all that, right? And that's fair, but but don't stay there because it becomes passivity. It becomes right, passive voice right, right. and your prayers become ineffective, useless. Uh, let's just call it what it is. They're not prayers. Discouraging. Yeah, they're not real prayers. They're just like, <laughs> we were watching a po- I was watching a podcast the other day and I heard a guy I, I related. I was like, oh, that's passive voice. He said, you know those prayers, like you pray them, but you're like, God, I hope you don't answer this. That's passive voice. When you pray. <laughs> that's passive voice when you pray. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. That's Anything good. Like that? And you know what? Here's here's my caveat to that. Yeah, it's it's with the what can go wrong with a passive voice. Because a lot of people will say, but the word tells us to be still and know that I am God. <laughs> it totally does. Yeah, yeah, Psalm, yeah. Psalm 46, I think that is. But you read the whole Psalm. Man, God's kind of bragging a bit. You know, look at what I have done for Israel. I've done this mm-hmm. thing and this thing. And, 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 but y'all are still striving. Could you just be still and know that I am God. He's he's not even talking about talking to him. He's talking about quit trying to take everything into our own hands. Mm. But you know, there's there's an the, the term Selah. Uh, overactive first voice, right? So he's like, Hey, mm-hmm. take it down a notch, huh? I, I'm I'm God here. Who's God here? I'm God here. Mm-hmm. Um oh, I forgot. But there's there's that term Selah, and Selah is is a stop and ponder. You know, I, I think it kind of is a, is a rest um, in in the the song in the um, the poetry um, and 
biblical scholars aren't totally sure what to do with Selah, but we like to banter Selah. Oh, be still, just rest in God and know that he is, which I'm not saying there's a problem with. There is a time for me to shut up and just let God do the talking. Um, but where, where I see, um, a big problem in the modern Western church in uh, Stephen Bancars, B-A-N-C-A-R-Z, is a really great reference um, to talk way more about this subject that I'm going to just just bring up a piquito bit of. Um, we will do a contemplative prayer where we bring in aspects of other religions, new age in particular, right. and people try to empty themselves, right. empty themselves so that they can be filled with, um, with the universe, with God to have a deeper communion. Some people will call it soaking. And, um, I get where you're coming from, uh, in, in, in the aspect of, again, just chill and let God minister to you. There's, there's validity in that, but there's also this, this manipulation that is coming to the church under the Aegeus or under the, the um, disguise mm -hmm. of the auspices, much better word, um, of, of you transcending your sinful nature i guess is how they do it your your uh, physical nature and you try to be more spiritual it's really, it's like and your, commune your with the spiritual realm right? more yeah and you know what there are people who who will teach that you can oh this is this is nauseating to me that that you can go into heaven start you would leave your body in this prayer state and go into some levels of heaven and and commune with God, and that just sounds like babble to me. And the whole the whole ziggurats and mm. and what they were trying to do with assailing the gates of heaven and trying mm. to bring the gods or the God under our dominion. And so, for me, that I I very much can see what could go wrong here it, it, with that aspect that that you being so so passive that you find a passive aggressive way to get power and so you do it by emptying yourself and bringing in the spirit guide the god the whatever you end up foolishly well, calling it to, to speak to that just a little bit um i i uh heard uh Ravi Zacharias uh, make a really good statement about this. Now, you guys can feel however you want to about him. I always make that disclaimer. Um, but he had some solid... He's a man. He he was fallible. And he had solid theology. He sinned like the rest yep. of us. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. He had really good theology. He was and... a sinner like me. Yeah. <laughs> like all of us. Um, and he, he made a really good point about this, is that when he was talking to a group of students, I want to say it was in... Singapore or Nepal, I don't remember where, where Buddhist uh, concepts and emptying oneself and meditation are, are, are much more prevalent than here in the West, um, although that's rapidly changing as well. Uh, right. He made a really good point, which was you guys are unable to reconcile the impersonal and personal, uh, which what he meant was is that 
in those kind of Eastern religions, um, or that we typically ascribe to Eastern thought, right? Uh, those actually tend towards emptying oneself and they don't say it this way, but it's exactly what it is. If you're part of the universe, then you're praying to yourself. You're praying to yourself. It's, it's, it's full circle, inadvertent, indirect humanism. That's what it is. That's what it is. Because you're going to pray That's to something great. no matter what you do, right? Um, I won't bore you guys to death with crazy details about what we're going to start talking about in the, in the future, but transhumanism is the worship and, and prayer of oself, <laughs> of a human deification right and then you can talk to yourself all day got out of the way we're not even gonna die oh there's so much to talk about anyway that's why you gotta pray that's why we gotta pray all the things yep Yep. absolutely so so having having brought that out that was all i had to not a whole lot about passive voice i'm not a super huge fan of most of the parts of it when god tells us <laughs> shut up and listen we should we ought to shut up and listen but it's usually because it's a problem because of uh uh we're being too active uh, which is interesting i think we kind of just right that. or i did anyway well and you know what so i i kind of am a, a bit of a follower of aristotle in um in his belief of balance in all things a lot of other things aristotle has i'm i'm not good with, but I truly believe that balance is where we need to be. And between the first voice and the the third voice is the middle voice. And that's where the balance is. It is, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and quote right from Tyler because I couldn't say this better. I am an active participant, but the action didn't start with me. And uh, that sums up balance really, really well. Um, I am an active participant, but the action didn't start with me. Uh, Middle voice is unity. And here we'll go back to when when the disciples said, hey, teach us how to pray. And he says, okay, that when you pray, don't make a big show of it. Go to your closet these are the things you pray and um you know it's a good old paternoster our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven um and then i i don't have this in front of me so let's hope i get it in the right order uh give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass Trespass against against us us. lead us not into temptation (laughs) But deliver us from evil, for yours is the power and the kingdom and the glory forever. Amen. And sorry if that's not verbatim. I think I know it in at least the NIV and the King James Version. I think you forgot it. Maybe forever. even the Church of English Version. <laughs> I might have. I might have got it slightly out of order. But no, no, <laughs> Jesus I think, gave, I think right. you know the the way for us to pray and honestly um he reiterates it again in luke where luke good old luke Mm -hmm. luke 22 where he's praying in the garden and he says you know what father i know our will is right i know our plan is good but 
if we could come up with a last minute alternative like they do in the movies, I'd be down for that. If you can take this cup from me, do it, but not my will. Yours be done. Um, and then Mary, man, woof. Uh, well, I don't consider her the queen of heaven. She definitely had the right idea when answering God's call in Luke chapter one, verse 38, where she says, I am the Lord's servant. May it happen to me according to your word. When the angel has just told her, hey, you get to be an integral part of God finally bringing that that lamb that we've been waiting for. Messiah's yeah. coming. He's going to come through you. Caveat, you know, virgin girl, I know you're planning on marrying Joseph and uh, you, you, you are pure, but the whole world's going to think that you're not. Your yep. plans, they're different from what you thought they were going to be. And you know, in Mary's mind, she had to think of all this. Oh, Messiah is finally coming. Oh, I'm so grateful. And I get to have a part in this. And oh, what are people going to think about me? How is my father going to deal with this um, besmirching of our family's reputation? It's going to be ruined. Is my family going to ostracize me? What is Joseph going to think? How in the world is this going to play out? I am the Lord's servant. It was crazy because may it happen we, to me. Uh, I mm. read this and I was like, "Whoa!" I didn't even think about that. Mary must assume that this news brings with it the cost of divorce and the broken heart of the man she loves. Then, there's the legal issue. The Levitical law lists execution as the penalty for adultery. Yeah, that was not something I had ever thought about until I read that, and I went, "Oh, that's totally true." <laughs> but isn't that how God works all the time? Hey, I have an opportunity to have a really great ministry sometime when I'm a grown up. I'm going to be able to tell other people how um, you can forgive somebody who rapes you and how you can heal from it. <clears throat> oh, but you know what? That means I get to go through molestation and rape before that. Yep. You know? And uh, I've been there, done that. So I can tell you that my six and seven-year-old self, I don't know if I would have said, I am your servant, be it unto me according to your word. But I think I would have. I've definitely said it many years since then when people talk about what could you change. If you could change anything, would you? I wouldn't change anything because my mess can be my message. And that's how... That's exactly what, what Kat did with Mary. I mean, this could have been the end of her. This mess became the message the of, of salvation to yeah. all mankind. Hmm. All mankind. God, God's ways are crazy. Sorry, black and white cat. Hmm. Um, but that, that middle voice, that not, not my will. If you could do something different, I'm down not my will however it has to be for your glory god for your yes. honor then i am all for that 
Um, and I don't think it says, you know, hey, crucify me. I'm going to enjoy it. It's going to be a good thing. I mean, I know the word says for the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. Um, but it doesn't mean he enjoyed being on the cross at all. But he looked the big picture, like you said, we'll talk about, we'll talk about through the lens of eternity and how mm -hmm. we get through, through the hurt of now by focusing on the lens of eternity. It doesn't, doesn't make your hurt go away, but it makes mm -hmm. maybe your hurt manageable. Yeah. Um, when Mary says, I am the Lord's servant, she says, father, you tell me who I am. You tell me who I am. I am your servant so I can do what you want me to do. I can say what you want me to say. I can react how you want me to react because I know that I am your servant. There's so much to unpack right there in, in the middle voice. And, and every time we pray, however many times a day that is for you, for whatever situations it is that you are praying over we remember i'm the servant this doesn't start with me lord i'm i'm bringing my stuff to you or this person to you or or just aligning my day remembering that today is the day you have made for me i'm aligning my day and so i am i am saying lord help the way i think and speak and act and react Help those all to be in alignment with your will. And I guess that's how you act it out. You know, you, you act it out by doing those things. I remembering whose servant you are and the fact that yeah. though I am a servant, I am a servant of the most high God. I am a servant of the thing that thought up everything I know and things that I will never understand. He thought it up. He thought up light. He said, you know, light, it'd be a good idea. Light. And there was light and he sustains it. I'm his servant. So I think that's my big thing for us. Spending time with God in prayer produces in us a desire to bear good fruit. And we all want to be fruitful. Yep. And, and um, I guess also don't do that third voice. Pray specifically so that when God answers, you know, he's answering, don't speak, don't pray some general things so that you can attribute everything up, to him because you're afraid later. he's too weak. Right, right, right. No, pray specifically now and watch God come through. He's, he's big enough to, um, to back up what he, what he says. Mm -hmm. And prayer is the mission or sorry prayer is the furnace that fuels the mission prayer is the furnace that fuels the mission yep. it's a thing that keeps us going i think that's it cool well end of I, episode I, one of the silent rebellion series um i guess i'll just <laughs> give some some uh commentary on some of that stuff i i wanted to throw out a I like throwing out disclaimers. I'm just going to make a shirt that says, I throw out disclaimers. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we are fully aware that, uh, and, and Shell, we were all talking about all of this con conceptually is all about, um, based on Greek and Hellenistic Greek, 
yeah, specifically. Uh, I chose to kind of oh, leave this at yeah. the end just so we could kind of use this for for impact because there is super good intellectual and theological and spiritual value in it. Uh, so I chose to kind of wait till the end to talk about this, but I want you guys to know that there is a gra- grammatical basis for what we're talking about. The active voice, I think you guys very very well understand. It's where the agent, the initiator, does something, right? And typically that's to another person or an item or some other animate object, right? Um, there's passive voice, which we talked about, which is also in English. Both these are in English, active and passive. Passive is where you're removed from whatever's happening, right? Like you, the action happens to you. You do not initiate that action. But the point of the middle voice is that you can do both, which is super weird. Um, and it's very specific to Hellenistic Greek. I don't know if modern day Greek, I didn't look it up to be honest. But uh, having that kind of thought in mind, um, I'm just going to kind of explain it so that this will help, hopefully help you guys think about prayer the way that we're talking about it. Um, as an overview, prayer being compared to the middle voice it is used kind of uh, philosophically or what's the word? Uh, metaphorically is a better word uh, for it. We're thinking about prayer in, in a space where we also can practice grammar, right? Um, grammar is reflective of the things we pray because we use words to pray them. It's just kind of the scientific breaking down of all that stuff. So when we talk about a word like in English, we say, I wash. Well, what do you wash? You wash clothes, right? <laughs> you can't just wash. Um, I guess you could say I'm washing, but that's weird. Like there has to be something else. That's called a necessarily transitive verb because it transits from subject to object, right? You have to wash something. You wash clothes. An intransitive is something that you cannot combine with any uh, anything else, right? And the example I looked up was, let's see where, um, in English, right? So we'll just use it for English. In English, you can't just, I wash. That just doesn't work. In Greek, however, I wash in the middle voice or the second voice does work. And what it means is, I think, the reason that Tyler chose this topic. I wash for my benefit or for my consequence. So when we apply that to prayer, what does that look like? I pray for my benefit or my consequence. Um, You can pray to God. And if that's the case and God is your object because you're the subject you're the one that's activating so if you pray for your if you pray and you just say i pray in middle voice what are you saying you're you're essentially saying this is something i initiate and will have repercussions on me now repercussions doesn't have to be pejorative it can be a positive as well right it could be a a a benefit but it can also be consequential and prayer is often that way it is both pause it can be both at least the way we feel it, right? We can feel like it's a negative because sometimes we pray for things and they don't they don't pan out like we expected. Or they don't even, right, right. nothing even happens sometimes, right? Which is even, I think, even more infuriating to people than, than anything else, right? Um, and that's where the second voice is out, is at. So when, when Tyler talks about uh, middle voice for prayer, when I pray and I pray for my own benefit, He's emphasizing, just like the gospel does, he's emphasizing that prayer is good and is necessary and does have consequence and does have effect. 
there's an emphasis on that prayer and what it does, even though you're the, the, the originator. And when he talks about, and this is important, when he talks about us participating, even though we didn't start it, I finally got it literally, I think like last night, I was like, oh, I see what he's saying. He is calling participation, and I actually wrote it down because otherwise I'm going to say it wrong. Participation equals the initiative of new avenues and ideas of prayer into what God has already started. That's what he means. So when we pray... God's already this, working. We're just getting in on it. Exactly. When, when we step into this and we, we occupy this, this agent and participant kind of reality... God already set the thing up, right? There's nothing we can do that's new. There's nothing new for us to make. All the stuff's already made. We can, well, even inventions technically aren't inventions. They're inventions to us. But, right, I mean, right. to God, he already knows all of it. So, it, prayer is the same way. There's no difference. Um, I guess, I just kind of wanted to p- provide that caveat because even though the grammar doesn't pan out exactly like he was talking about it, there is uh, solid conceptual ideas around what he's saying. Um, just remember, guys, I'm going to close. I'm not going to go into other notes I have. It's not really relevant. Um, but what I will say is remember that, and, and this goes for me, this goes for Shelley, this goes for all of us, that prayer itself is a powerful thing because God can be emotionally moved by it. And we know that because we see Exodus 32 where Moses prays and he's like, bro, bro, you can't wipe out the people. What are the Egyptians going to think? Remember, you, you took up, you just, you just brought them out of there. Remember? And God's like, man, I don't, I don't want to mess with these people, but, but he relents, right? He relents. And, and that got a squeaky toy. Um, (laughs) sorry, dog toy. Um, God relents, which is which is amazing. So that that is one aspect that's very cool, right? That God will respond to us, but it's also right. Hey, Rick, also, what's up? Sorry, New Testament um, version of that too. Uh, Jesus tells Peter, "The devil has wanted to sift you, mm-hmm. Peter, but I have prayed for you." Yeah. And then yeah. he tells him how he's going to betray him. Ooh, um, just, just, I mean, it's, wow. it's all over. It's all over. Jesus, John, um, John 17, Jesus, Jesus prays. Sorry, guys, my dogs are something else sometimes. <laughs> Jesus prays for his disciples right before he goes to, to the cross, man, like right before John 17. And, and he, um, he hmm. prays also for us because he, mm-hmm. he prays for his disciples and for those who come to know him through them. And that's, that's you and me. Yeah. And he prays that we would be unified. So like he is unified with the father so that people will know that Jesus did indeed come to save us. Um, so that intercession and the word says, Oh gosh, who is it? Oh guys, I don't have the reference. I'm sorry. Somebody, somebody will know it off as soon as they say it, but uh, <laughs> We're told, don't sin, but when you do, remember mm. that you have an advocate who stands at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you. That that that's prayer. Yeah, yeah Jesus that's prays right. for us right um, right now. So 
we have yeah. lots of examples of it. Just don't, just don't, I, I guess, just like Jesus said, right? Uh, don't get discouraged. Like there is ebb and flow in prayer. And if you're in a position right now where, where that's a difficult thing for you, be encouraged. Know that, that all the other saints all over the world that are truly seeking the face of the Father are suffering that same exact reality. Um, both suffering and taking advantage of, right? Um, oh, here we go. It's uh, 1 John 2, 1. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, <laughs> the righteous one. Um, I just leave you with John. that. Man, he's a favorite yeah. of mine. Yep. He's quite a dude, man. Um, quite a dude, man. Um, without the comma. So he's a dude, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, guys, just don't just be encouraged. Uh, when God responds and he doesn't respond, he's mysterious. We're not supposed to get it. That's that's part of I mean, that's kind of the mystery of, of any relationship, right? You don't completely understand your friends. You certainly don't uh, understand your, your spouse or your lover or your kids or anyone. You just don't fully understand it. That's the mystery of relationship. And that's what God calls us to, uh, which is right there in the middle voice. Cool. Rick, well, what are we talking about next time on CTDW? It's way too early. Crap. Um, next week, <laughs> uh, we, we are continuing our... Uh... Thank you. Thank you, guys. I just want to thank the Academy for... No. Um, <laughs> I actually don't want to thank the Academy. It's the last thing in the world I want to be watching. Uh, we are going to continue our Silent Rebellion series. Uh, which is episode two of the Silent Rebellion series. And it will be focused around prayer rhythm. Um, and, and I will just leave kind of a, uh, a tagline, which has become my favorite line. And I have to look it up in the book and find it again. But uh, Tyler says that he quotes uh, a philosopher asking about theology. And the philosopher says, when they ask the philosopher, what do you think it is? that is plaguing mankind's spiritual life. And he says, oh, he goes, haste is the worst enemy of the spiritual life. So we will be talking about prayer rhythm, hastiness in prayer. Um, I think that this is probably right after middle voice. Uh, it sequentially works very well because it talks about kind mm -hmm. of <laughs> How funny. The first episode is about active prayer and all that stuff. And so it's kind of it's kind of about active prayer. I would say this next episode is really more about middle voice, but more about how we live our lives so that we live in a middle voice. Um, and our final one deals with the passive aspect, which is pain. What do we do? How do we act? How do we react? So next next week or sorry, uh, in two weeks coming up after this one, we will be talking about hastiness. In, in our spiritual lives and learning prayer rhythm, why it's so important, how it plays an impact. Um, and I guarantee you guys it does. Uh, whatever it be you're dealing with, whatever it be you're thinking about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, I'll plug in all our stuff real quick. Yeah. Sounds perfect. Awesome. Guys, we are the Christian Theological Dark Web. CTDW, CTDW. I, I got it wrong last last week. I was like, oh, crap, last time. I said CTDW. <laughs> it's CTDW. 
um, the Christian Theological Dark Web. We thank you guys for joining. I know this has been a long, uh, long one, and uh, we're we're gonna work on getting a little bit more concise, but we're doing okay for now. There's a, a Bigfoot in the background, apparently. And uh, <laughs> um, he's Chewbacca, thank you. Yes, oh, sorry, got it wrong. <laughs> uh, guys, you can contact us at the Christian Theological Dark Web at gmail.com. Again, that's the Christian Theological Dark Web at gmail.com with any questions, comments, and the like. You can also reach us at our um, information, which is our landing page. It's got all of our social media. You can look us up on uh, Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, we also obviously have the podcast through Anchor and Spotify where you can listen and watch. And uh, that is basically it. If you want to get in contact with us when you go to our landing page, our social media landing page, which is like a link tree that we have in the description below. Sorry, I don't have it off the top of my head at the moment. But if you look down there, you can find us and we you can get a hold of Shelly or myself. Shelly's landing page is coming soon. By the time this comes out, it might already be done. Um, I just need to work on it and get that uh, solidified so that we're contactable um yeah wow exciting this is our first legit episode and um i guess uh by the time this comes out or by the time we finish this one our first episode will already have aired so awesome yeah it's two days from now right well that's right. monday three days eh, something monday. like that that's close, right close. Uh, give us a round so of applause exciting guys. thank you <laughs> I'm I'm curious as to which is going to come first, our first drop or my grandson. So, <gasps> oh my goodness, he's about right, ready. Cool huh? Things to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Cool. that kid. He just needs to make his entrance. His mama <laughs> needs to. Uh, uh, what's what's that word? Kick him out. Come on, what's the term? Expulse. Expel. Evict him. Evict that yeah. kid. Oh my goodness. Evict him. Well, yep, it's time somewhere. for his eviction. I need to hold him in my arms. Good stuff. Guys, well, I'm just going to leave you with a quick blessing. Give me two seconds. I'm pulling it up because I don't have it memorized yet. I should. Good night. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Many blessings. Thank Thanks for joining us, guys. We love you. Amen. Bye, y'all. This has been the Christian Theological Dark Web. Thank you for tuning in to the CTDW Studios. God bless.